May it be a good morning and a good day for Klal Yisrael. We should hear Besoros Tovos, Yeshuos, Vinachamos. Of course, all of our hearts, all of our tefillos. It's not on? All of our hearts, all of our tefillos, all of our thoughts and all of our wishes with our brothers and sisters in Israel, the members of the IDF, they should be successful in a sweeping victory in their mission. Uh, which reminds me, right after Shir, as always, or as we've now begun to do, everyone's invited to stay. Tehillim Mechulak, we'll give it out. 30 people stay. It'll take just a few minutes to finish all of Sefer Tehillim as part of our Shir. And we continue to provide these uh, cars, flags for the cars. We're getting American flags as well. Let the cars represent our patriotism and gratitude to America and the U.S.-Israel relationship. And don't be afraid. Don't be defensive. Don't be shy. Everywhere you go, everywhere you park, every highway you drive on, be proud Jews and proudly stand with America and Israel. Parshas Chayisar, page 106 in the Art Scroll Stone Chumash. We remain, of course, grateful to our generous sponsors, Becky and Avi Katz and family, sponsored the Parsha series in memory of David Grossman. This morning, Shir is sponsored by Dr. Golda Sadowski in honor of Rabbi Yehuda Leib and Doris Kurtzer, her dear aunt and uncle. Wonderful people. We love the Kurtzers. And by Rachel Tepper, Lila Nishmas, Rose, Basa Avram, Yaakov Alevi, Neshama Sharam and Aliyah. Thank you for your generosity. By Sarah. The life of Sarah was 100 years and 20 years and 70 years. That was the life of Sarah Imenu. And we've spoken many times, as all do on this parsha, why we begin in such a peculiar fashion. Why not just much more succinctly say Sarah lived 127 years? Why 100 years and 20 years and 7 years? I don't like math. I never liked math. I didn't like it as a kid. I don't like it now. I don't want to have to add up the numbers. Just give me the sum total of what it adds up to. And there are many interpretations. Rashi famously quotes that when she was 100, it's like she was 20 for chait. And when she was 20, like she was 7 in terms of her beauty. And so on and so forth. The Medrash tells us that Rabbi Kiva students, I find this incredibly reassuring, that Rabbi Akiva's students were falling asleep when he was giving shir. The great Rabbi Akiva. We say to ourselves, if we were in Rabbi Akiva's shir for one minute, we'd be wide awake. We'd be listening so attentively. And yet the great Rabbi Akiva, you know, there's a, as, as a public person, as a rav, you draw strength from interesting places. Like Mordechai. Mordechai was Ratzoy Lerov Echav. They voted on Mordechai's contract. Shushan was up for extermination, elimination. Anti-Semites wanted to destroy it. Mordechai is the hero. He saves all of Shushan. And they have a vote. Are we extending his contract? And wouldn't you know it? Ratzoy, he got a majority. He saved the whole Shushan. And he got a majority. So Rabbi Akiva is giving shir. And there's people falling asleep. Right in front of him. Right in front of him. I once gave a shir. Someone was sitting in the front row. They don't live here anymore. I won't embarrass them. I, it was mamish Unbelievable. I never saw anything like it in my life. I was watching him doze and the head bob, and I was just watching it happen. And he fell into such a deep sleep, he fell off the chair onto the ground. When he hit the ground, he woke up and he jumped back up in the chair and tried to make it like nothing happened, and Baruch Hashem. That's why when I meet anesthesiologists, I say, We're, we have the same career, we're in the same business. So Rabbi Akiva, the great Rabbi Akiva, and his students fell asleep, so he thought, how am I going to wake them up? Some provocative idea? Some thought-provoking, controversial comment, a joke that would have them roaring with laughter. Rabbi Kiva said, Sarah lived 127 years. Esther ruled over 127 Medinos. Shine, everybody woke up. That's what did it? So the Chidush Arim, the Helega Chidush Arim says, what Rabbi Kiva was telling his Talmidim was, Sarah Imena took advantage of every moment of her life. Every second, of every minute, of every hour, of every day, of every week, of every month, of every year. Her 127 years were full, were complete, were lived to their fullest. And you know what the result was? You know what that gave birth to? 127 Medinos. When we utilize our time, when we elevate and enrich our time, then we mold and shape this world. We rule over Medinos. We move the cosmos, the impact and the difference we make. What he was telling them is, why are you fast a shluf? How could you be sleeping? We're learning Torah. Do you understand the inestimable value? Do you understand the eternity? Do you understand the netzach, netzachim of every moment here and what we do with it? Esther merited to rule over 127 Medinos because Sarah took advantage of 127 years. Of 127 years. 
Later in the parsha, we'll see that Avram Zakein Baba Yamim. We'll see a few interpretations of it. But Avram grows old. Baba Yamim. It's a very interesting expression or phrase. What does it mean? Baba Yamim. He came with days. What does that even mean? The Zara Kadosh makes a comment. Baba Yamim means that after 120 or 127, why can't it be 127? When we come upstairs, you know what escorts us? You know what is malava us? You know what comes with us or before us? Our days, they testify about us. Our diary. You know what goes upstairs with you? And the Rebbeinu Shalom says, Sha, 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 stop telling me how you lived and what you thought was important and what you valued and what you cared about. Just stop talking for a second. Show me your Google calendar. Show me your Outlook calendar. Show me if you carry around one of those, uh, OU, whatever, old school uh, calendar. Show me your calendar. Show me your days and what you did with them and what you did in them. Show me how you spent your time and I'll know everything about you. Don't tell me. Show me. Our calendar testifies to who we are. Our days come with us. Our days come with us. So will they show that you binged watch Netflix? Will they show that you filled your time with Narishkeit? Will you show that you schmoozed about nothing? Will they show that they were wasted? Or were they filled with meaning and purpose and change and transformation and an effort to repair and redeem this world at whatever age? Whatever age. It's a theme for no particular reason that we mentioned at the Pasha class. But even if you're retired, there's no such thing as retirement. Retirement is from your career or your profession, but you're never retired in Yiddishkeit from life. Adraba va'adraba. When your children are young and you're raising a family and trying to pay tuition, you're working for a living, is when you don't have time to do the meaningful things to fill your day that will come testify on your behalf. But Adarab, Daf gets in retirement, that you can fill your day. Go to the shiurim and stay and say the tehillim and go check in on somebody and go spend time with somebody and go a volunteer opportunity and go take on a committee and go transform the world. Because Avram Zakin Baba Yamim, our days come, and they testify who we are and how we fill them and what we do with them and what we say, it doesn't really matter. What we say is not what's important. It's what we do is who we are. And what will reveal and what testifies to what we do? Nothing more than our calendar. Maybe our calendar combined with our budget. You know what goes upstairs for us? Hashem says, go sit in the corner and be quiet. I don't want to hear anything. Just give me your calendar and give me your credit card statement. And then I'll know everything about you. Don't tell me, uh, Israel, I'm so broken. I can't sleep. I'm so broken. Really, it's funny. I looked at your calendar. You didn't make it to too much to Hillam. You didn't add any learning. I didn't see you volunteer your time to pack duffels. And show, me your, and show me your budget, your credit card statement, your financial statements. Oh, you were so bothered? I didn't see that you, you, know, you gave up some luxury to ensure that displaced families would have some money. That soldiers could have their goods and their needs. So, Chaye Sarah Meya Shalom, Esther Shalom, 127 years, Rabbi Kiva taught Esther was Zoha, 127 Medinos, Avram Zakim Baba Yamim, because this is what testifies to who we really are. Back in the Rav Druk's newest Sefer, Lahavoseish, grateful to Rav Druk for sharing his new Sefer with me. In his new Sefer, he quotes this Rashi, why 120 and 7? Torah is always succinct. The Torah says things as quickly as possible. Torah's real estate is the most precious that there is. So just say 127 years, why 120 and 7? To teach us, at 100, like 20 when it comes to Chait, she was so innocent and pure. At 20, she was beautiful as if 7. Palaturim Parshas. sorry, wrong piece. Shnei chayei sara. In the past again, v'yei chayei sara. Shnei chayei sara. Zagdrashi, what does it mean, shnei chayei sara? Shnei can mean years. These are the years of Sarah's life. Shnei can mean lives, multiple, two, plural. So what does shnei mean here? Says Rashi. Kulan shavin letova. They were all good. They were all equal in how good they were, how good they were lived, how good they were experienced. Says Rav Druk, you know, every person, every human being to be alive is to have periods of your life that are characterized by light, by goodness, by pleasantness, by joy. When a person is successful, when a person is celebrating simchas, when all is going well and good, when a per- person is healthy, but there are moments that don't go so smoothly and don't go so well. And a person is struggling and a person is suffering and a person is frustrated and a person is disappointed. 
and a person is trying to navigate the darkness of their life, of this world, the Torah comes along and tells us, You think Sarah Imenu didn't have difficult years? If you think that, you don't know anything about Sarah Imenu. Because here's what we know about Sarah Imenu. We know that her husband locked her in a cabinet and said, pretend you're my sister. She was then abducted and almost raped by a powerful figure without consent. Sarah introduced hashtag Me Too. She was the founder. She waited for years and years and years. All she wanted was children. She allowed her husband to take a co-wife. How magnanimous, how generous. And she waited and waited and longed and longed to have children. She had a difficult life. A very difficult life. And yet, at the end of her life, the Torah testifies about her, you know, you'd never know. Sarah Imenu's demeanor, her disposition, Sarah Imenu's attitude when you met her was, Sarah, how's everything? All good. Aren't you sad you don't have a son yet? Uh, yeah, I'm frustrated. I wish I, I daven hard, but Hashem is good to me in other ways and life is good. I choose to see the good and to be positive and to be hopeful. Sarah Imenu, no matter what was going on, they were shoving Latova. We have days where our attitude, our approach is the Pasuk and Tehillim, Ms. Moshir, We tell Baboker, Boker means the morning. In the morning, when you wake up, a bright new day filled with opportunity. A bright new day pregnant with possibility. A bright new day hopeful and optimistic in the sun rises yet again, and the sun is shining high in the sky. Bechina's boker, we have days in our life that are like boker. The sun will come up, and the sun rises, and they're bright, and they're hopeful, and they're wonderful, and there's clarity. I can see everything makes sense. But there are other days that are filled with emunas chabalelos. It's dark, the cloak of darkness. I have no idea what's happening. It can feel dark. We all have family serving in the IDF, whether it's immediate family, whether it's biological family, or whether it's family. I have a lot of family. I have a lot of family. I have four nephews and countless cousins, and one of my nephews is in Gaza, and 10 days ago handed in his phone. Hasn't been in touch with his wife or his two kids or my sister and brother-in-law, because he can't, he's not alone. This is true for thousands and thousands. What do they find out? A nightly text from the commander of the unit. We're all alive and well. Speak to you tomorrow. A text. That's a munas chabaleh. I don't know how she sleeps. I hope she's not listening to this. I love her dearly. I love him dearly. How do you sleep? You're raising your two little kids on your own without your husband. Bad enough he's away. You were able to FaceTime and talk and connect. And then 10 days will turn into two. Who knows? And we know what's at risk. And we know the purpose of the mission. We know what's at stake. You know what that takes? You close your eyes at night, the sun goes down and the sky is dark and you know what's probably happening and you know where the person you love, your other half is going and that's what you have. It's dark. For Sarah Imenu, her dark nights, her difficult moments, they were shoving the tova. There's nothing wrong. They have to be navigated. person has to find strength. Chalila, we're not judging or criticizing somebody who's struggling through these difficult times. But Sarah Imenu, her greatness, when we reflect and think about her, good years, bad years, good day, bad day, joy and success, failure and disappointment. You never knew because you ran into Sarah and Sarah was a big smile. This Pasuk, in the morning, Zara Zaracha, a person sows their seed, and in the evening, don't give up, don't take away your hand. When you wake up in the morning, and the sun is high in the sky, you have clarity, and you can see, and it all makes sense, and it all feels wonderful. Plant your seed, grow and blossom, transform that world. But at night, the world gets dark when that sun sets, when you have no idea what will be and what is, when you're haunted, it's difficult to believe. In this moment, a Jew never gives up, a Jew never despairs. 
A Jew always lives with hope. Yeish is, uh, there's no Yeish, it's Shalom Das. Person has to dig deep and live with the emuna. That was sorry, Imein. When you say, how? How am I going to get through this? And I can't get through this. You say, you know, I can. You know how? Because there's a piece of sorry, Imeinu, a piece of Avram Yitzchak and Yaakov in each and every one of us. We carry their DNA and we have their resilience and their strength and their tenacity. And we can, and we can, and we have the ability of a sorry, Imeinu. This is the greatest thing we could say about it. Kulan, Shavan Latova. All equal. All were good. Emuna, Emuna is what carries us. We had the great schus last night. Sitting right here in the spot, we'll get the video out. The Gera Rosh Hashiva of Shaul Alta Shlita was here. What an incredible night. And he spoke about this Emuna. He quoted the serenity prayer, believe it or not, that's how he began. Give me the strength to accept what I can control, let go of what I can't control. And then he said, but that's not, he put the Torah spin on the serenity prayer. And he spoke about Amuna and living with Amuna in these times. And Amuna is not something that's on a shelf. It's not the Pesach dishes, you don't pull it down. Amuna is the way that you see the world and that you feel and you understand what's going on. He said such a beautiful idea that we know from Chazal, Hashem always sends the refuah before the Makkah. Hashem always sends the healing before even the challenge. How was the refuah before the Makkah? He said, when did this terrible tragedy happen? We just marked the Shloshim. It happened on Simchas Torah. In Israel, it was Simchas Torah. What's the day on our calendar that the most Jews are all equal? We're dancing in a circle where everyone is equidistant on that circle. Where Jews are taking each other's hand and dancing in a circle equidistant. And it's not just that the Chashiba one gets the Aliyah and the Rebbe gets Shlishi or Shishi and the big donor gets Revi'i and this big Kohen gets cut. Everybody gets an Aliyah. And everybody dances in a circle, and everybody's equidistance. What's Simchas Torah? It's achtas, and it's equality. And that was the refuah before the Makkah that we would need to get through this. He already, on that day, the refuah, what we would need in order to get through it, which is the unity that we're seeing, that strength, it happened, refuah before the Makkah. He didn't mention, but I read a couple days ago, that among the intelligence that they uncovered in Gaza was that the original plans for this were on Pesach. This Hamas attack was scheduled for Pesach. But it was, for whatever reason, Simchas Torah, the Rafua before the Makkah, we dig deep and we have to find that capacity for that, for that emuna. He has much more on this here. Rav Druk, the Gemara in Brachas, says, Chayvad Mavarach al Iraqi Shemesh Mavarach al Atova. Gemara in Brachas, Nandala, the person has to make a Bracha. Dayan Ha'emes, one loses a loved one, one loses a fortune. You had a business deal turned sour and you lost a fortune of money. There's a Bracha to make. You make a bracha, Diana Emes. And that bracha, Keshem. You have to make that bracha, Chayiv Levarach Alara, Keshem Shemavarach Alatova. Shemavarach Alatova. Shemavarach Alatova. The Gemara quotes a Pasuk. How? Because you have to love Hashem Bechol Levavcha. What does Bechol Levavcha mean? With all of your heart. It's not what it means. What does it mean? All of your hearts. In plural, with an S. Bechol Libecha would mean with all of your heart. But it doesn't say Bechol Libecha. It doesn't say with all of your heart in the singular. What does it say? Bechol levavcha, with all your hearts. Plural. Plural. What do you mean plural? How many hearts do you have? Your heart has four chambers, but you only have one heart. So why does it say hearts? Because we have two hearts. You have Yitzhah Tov, you have Yitzhah Hara. You have the Mavarach HaLatov and you have Mavarach HaLara. Says the Gemara, Machay Levarach HaLara, Kishem Shemavarach HaLatov, Eilem, Kishem Shemavarach HaLatov, HaTov HaMeitiv. Do you think you make the same bracha? Even when something goes wrong? What it means is, not only do you have to have the attitude when everything is right, you never hear anyone say, when their child gets engaged, why me? Why me? They get a raise, a promotion. They tell the boss, Me? Why me? Why me? They say, me? Yeah, me. For sure, me. Me, I deserve the simcha, I deserve the raise, I deserve the vacation, I deserve everything working out. Yeah, me, me. And then when everything goes wrong, why me? It should be him, it should be her. Why me? So kashem means with the same way that we realize. This was designated for me, this simcha. I've davened, it was my time. This is what's right for me. Whether I understand it or not, whether I'm deserving of it or not, this is what's right for me. This raise, this promotion, this simcha, this news. Kishem, even when things go wrong. 
She fulfilled her life was characterized by Kishem. She had the same bracha ala ra and ala tova. She had the same attitude of, I, I, just like I don't question when I get the good news, the simcha, I won the lottery, I got the promotion. I don't question when I run into a obstacle, a stumbling block, a struggle. Equally accepted, it's equally designated, it's equally meant to be from Hashem. We've discussed in the past, Sarah dies, Avram comes, Vayava Avram the Sarah Valiv Kosa. What order should it be? Do you first cry and then eulogize? Do you eulogize and then cry? Usually you cry, you hear bad news and you cry. Then you compose yourself to deliver a eulogy. When it came to Sarah, Avram delivered a eulogy and then he cried. Why? And his crying, his tears were unusual. They were a small chaf, live kosas, a small chaf in the Torah. Look in the Chumash, small chaf. He, he, he limited his tears. Why? He, he, toxic masculinity. Avram Avinu. He had to show that he couldn't, he wouldn't cry. It's okay. Today you'd say, Avram, it's okay. Cry. Be in touch with your feelings. It's okay to cry. Why is it a small chaf? It's okay to cry. Avram didn't know it's okay to cry. And how does he react? Vayakam Avram meso. He gets up, Vayakam. Klai shall get knocked down, we rise back up. We are right now in a tekufa of Vayakam. Vayakam, me'alpanei meso, meseinu. We are right now in a tekufa, we're following the footsteps of an Avram, Vayakam. To get back up, how does he get back up? What's the next section? He buys a grave for Sarah. He negotiates with Ephron, we'll see in a moment. And what does he do next? He buries, Sarah dies unexpectedly, shockingly, cause of death. Scared to death, because someone told her the wrong way. We learn from here the right way to tell news. What they should have said is, Sarah, you're Yitzchak, he's fine, he's okay, he's happy, he's healthy, he's good. But listen to this crazy story that almost happened. Instead, someone came along and said, Sarah, did you hear? Hear what? Avram took Yitzchak. Hashem told him to kill him on an altar. He brought him up to the mountain, put him on the altar, lifted at night. Before he could get to the punchline, Sarah had a heart attack and died. So you learn how to tell, you always call your parents, they're fine, they're okay, but they broke the leg, they're in a cast, uh, they'll be fine. You have to know how to tell, we learn how to tell the news from here. Sarah, he died. Avram buries Sarah, what's the very next thing he does? What's the next thing he does? He finds a shidduch for Yitzchak. Because what does one do? How do we bounce back? Vayakam Avram meso. How do we bounce back? We're not scared. We don't run away. We don't cower. We don't give up. We don't turn on the towel. We don't say it's over or turn off the light. What do we do? Next shidduch. Continuity. A future. A new bias neman b'Yisrael. That's our answer. That's the antidote. The answer. Avram loses Sarah so prematurely, so abruptly, so suddenly. He loses his other half. He loses his better half. What does he do? Huh. You know what? The future. We need to build the future. I mentioned last week about the Holocaust survivors who didn't talk about the Holocaust for 30, 40, 50 years. Never told their children about it, only opened up to their grandchildren. Why? Because until they knew they had a future, they couldn't talk about the past. Have to have grandchildren. They have to, before they can talk about, before they can talk about the past. So Avram, what's the response? Time to go find a shirach for, for Yitzchak. But first he's got to bury Sarah. And this is a difficult negotiation. Rabbi Yonah says, this is the test. We thought the last test was last week. He was tested 10 times. And we thought that, that the Akedah, certainly the most challenging, the hardest of all the tests, we thought it was the final test. How does Rabbi Yonah know? You know what was the hardest test? Maintaining his composure, even while having to negotiate with an Ephron Hachiti. A duplicitous, lying, snake, sleazy. And yet, Avram maintained his composure. He made a Kiddush Hashem. He made a Kiddush Hashem. That was the final test. Ephron charges a excessive amount. And Avram says, I'll pay it. You know, where do we learn Kesef Kedushin from? Today we get married. There are three ways a person could get married. We only use one of them. Kesef. We use Shava Kesef. The man, the chassan, gives the woman, notice I didn't call them a boy and a girl, they're getting married. 
Hopefully they're not a boy and girl. They're getting married. The man gives the woman a ring to shove a kes of the value of money and says, She accepts it, she receives it, and they are hereby betrothed. They are hereby married. Where do we know that if a man gives a woman an item of value, they're married? Where do we learn that from? Where does it say that you can create marriage through transfer of something of value? So the Gemara Kedushin, just made a scene on Kedushin, Dafyomi, and Seder Nashim. But in the beginning of Kedushin, the Gemara learns, Kicha, Kicha, Mistei Ephron. Vaikach, the Pasuk says that when a man gets married, he takes a wife. And it says that Avram buys the field from Ephron. So we learn marriage from this parsha, this negotiation. That is the least romantic thing I've ever heard. <laughs> Where do we learn that a man and a woman who are in marriage and want to live their lives together and build a future and have children and create a destiny that they can create the marriage through the transfer of value? Because Avram had to negotiate with this used card salmon, sleazy, low-life, Eisvarf, Ephron. That's where we learn it from. So there's a lot of Vortlach and Divrei Torah. I'll give you one for your grandchildren, Sheva Brachas. You know why we learn it from here? Because you know what Avram and Ephron had in common when they finished this negotiation? Each one thought they got the better end of the deal. Each one felt, what a steal. What a deal I got. Avram said, Mara Samach from my Sarah, where I will be with her for eternity, with the rest of the Avas and Imos, 400 shekel kasef, what a bargain. Ephron said, I can't believe that Ivri paid me 400 shekel kasef for this cave. Wow, did I make out well with this. Each one walked away thinking, I got the better end of the deal. And that's our bracha, the chasen and kala, is that each one should feel, boy, did I marry up. Boy, did I get a better end of the deal. Boy, did I luck out here. Boy, am I fortunate and lucky. That's why we learn it from here. We also learn, Avram could have said, you know, I took care of Sarah her whole life. I paid the credit card bill from the department stores, the Manny Petty, brought her flowers every week. I took care of her her whole life. Housekeeper at home. I took care of, she took care of me. I don't save the email. She took care of me too, but I took care, I took care of her whole life. All right, Ephron wants to charge. That's excessive. There's no way I'm paying that for real estate. I'm done. But you know what Avram says? Till death do us part. I'm with to the long haul. We're inseparable even in death. And what do we tell the Hassan and Kala standing under that chuppah? Kicha, kicha, mistay Ephron. You know, you're going to run into a roadblock. Life's going to get hard. Why do we break a glass at the end of the wedding? Because even before you leave the chuppah, we want to show you that things are going to break. Right now, they're amazing, and they're amazing, and they're perfect, and they're adorable. Isn't he sweet? Isn't he cute? Isn't he amazing? Sheva Brachas, they're the greatest couple that ever happened, the greatest people that ever lived. They're the great. Everything's amazing. Everything's great. Hey, great people, before you walk away from your chuppah, things are going to break. Things are going to break. And what are you going to do then? When something breaks, so we tell the couple under the chuppah, kicha, kicha, mistei Ephron, where do you learn about marriage from? that Avram Avinu was in it all the way till the end. Even after Sarah was gone, he spared no expense to give her the proper burial. Because that doesn't mean there aren't times then. Divorce is also a mitzvah. There are times that divorce is also a mitzvah. There are times. But the chasen and kala under the chuppah, their attitude should be, we're in this like Avram and Sarah, through Mars HaMachpelah, to kicha kicha mistei Ephron. That's how long we're in it. That's, if this is not, we'll give it a shot. We'll see how it goes. I turn in my car lease every three years. I upgrade my phone every two years. I do my whatever every couple years. We'll see if I like this model of a wife, of a husband. Maybe I have to turn it in. Maybe I have to exchange. Maybe I'll have to upgrade. Then don't get married. If you're already thinking about, I'll give it a shot. I'll see how it goes. We'll try it. And if I don't like this model, I'll upgrade to the newest model. If that's your attitude, don't walk under the chuppah. Because if you walk under that chuppah, kicha kicha miste Ephron. Only step under that chuppah if you're confident that you're in this all the way through to kicha kicha miste Ephron. So Vayishma Avron, he hears Ephron, and he takes the 400 shekel kasef, and he's, Vayishkol Avron the Ephron. If you look at uh, Rashi says, Ephron's name in this Pasuk, Vayishkol Avron the Ephron, Ephron's name is missing what letter? Vav. It's missing a Vav. 
Because you know Ephron? Ephron overpromised and underdelivered. Chazal tell us say little and do much. You know what Ephron was one of those people who said much and did little. We all know in our lives the two types of people. There are two types of people in this world. They're the people who don't say anything but they get a lot done. The people who talk and talk and talk and talk and talk and when the Push comes to shove, it's time to put up. I can't, I would, I wanted to. Yeah, And more ma'at vaseh harbeh. Chazal say, talk little and do much. Ephron was a more harbeh vaseh ma'at. And because of that, shenatol b'men eshkolim gedolim sheim kantaren, nemar ovel asocher, miskab m'shekah b'chol makom, yesh makom sheshkolim gedolim sheim kantaren. Yesh love and wonders of druk. Madu an exer me Ephron os. Why do we take a letter out of his name? Neim ma'hutziyo davkes ha'uzvav. And if you're going to take a letter out of his name, why the letter Vav? Now, th- that question is not so compelling because there weren't a lot of options. If you take the pay out of his name, it's Eron. If you take the Resh out of his name, it's Ephon. Like, the only letter that's disposable is Vav. So that question is not so compelling because it's the only disposable letter in the name was the letter Vav. You could spell it Malay or Chasa with the Vav or without. But the question is, why is this Midah Keneged Midah? Ephron is some low-life, big talker over-promising and undelivering, so the Torah records his name without the Vav. Why? Why? Says Rav Druk, Yesh levar shematzina b'gemar ksubis, shemavaeres ha-posak, v'atem adikim ha-shem lakeichem chayim kochem hayom. The Gemara says, the Gemara in ksubis tells us we have a posak. And the posak tells us that a Yid should live their life being davak tashem. Meshachachma says, how do you fulfill dvekas? Dvekas, cling to God, cleave to God. What does that mean? So you know what the Meshachachma says it means? What is the word devek in Hebrew, modern Hebrew? Glue. Dvekas, glue yourself to God. Attach yourself to God. We use this in our vernacular. New kid comes to school, middle of the year, transfers in, has one friend in the school. What does that friend say on the first day? Stick with me. Stick with me. Sit with me in the dining room, in the cafeteria. Sit next to me in class. Stick with me, you'll be fine. Stick with me, you'll be fine. Hashem says, Be like glue. Stick with me, you'll be fine. That's Dvekas, says the Meshechachma. Zokter of Meir Simcha of Dvinsk. How do you fulfill Dvekas? Dvekas is Hashem saying, Attach yourself to me. Devek, glue. Stick with me, you'll be fine. You'll be fine. But the Gemara wonders, The Pasuk says Hashem is an all-consuming fire. You're going to attach yourself to the omnipotent, infinite creator of the universe who is an all-consuming fire? Is it really possible? Ella says the Gemara, how do you fulfill the mitzvah of Dveikas? You know how you fulfill dvekas? Marry your daughter off to a Talmachacham. Marry your daughter to a Talmachacham. Find a good shidduch whether the son-in-law is a Talmachacham. I would even suggest it. Marry your son to a Yerushalayim, a righteous woman. In both directions. Do business with Talmidei Chachamim. Mahana Talmidei Chachamim. Take care of Talmidei Chachamim. Lavish Talmidei Chachamim with gifts. Take good care of them. Take good care of them. So, when you do that, you're attaching yourself to the closest thing you can to the Shechina in this world. We don't have Shechina in this world. And we believe that human beings are all fallible and they're mere mortals. But the more one masters Torah, the more they're married to Hashem, the more they can finish Hashem's sentences, the more they can represent Hashem in this world. So, the closer you can come, Tvekas, Devik, attach yourself to Tamidei Chachamim. You know, we learned Davka from this parsha. Yafa sichashan shal The Torah takes an enormous amount of real estate and space in our parsha to tell us the whole story of Eliezer. Eh? Conversation, the shidduch, going, coming, repeating. Why? So much space, so much time for an event of history. It's not a halacha. Why? To learn from here. Do you know how valuable even the sichas chulan of tamid Not only the shir, not only to learn the Torah, but to shmuz, the opportunity to sit in the office, the Gerer Shishiva, opportunity Thanksgiving weekend, we'll have Rav Shechter back every year, Mirza Shem, should be Zalzayin Gesund and Stark, 
Thanksgiving weekend, the opportunity, not only the formal shiurim, but the conversations in between. So the Gemara says, how do you fulfill dveikos? We can't attach ourselves to Hashem. He's an eshochalai, he's an all-consuming fire. What's the closest we can come? Find righteous people. And I would expand this to say, I don't think it's so radical. Find righteous tzaddikim v'tzidkaniyos, men and women. How many people visited Reb Chaim, got a bracha from Reb Chaim? I know that many years ago, when I was in Karen B'Avna, you got a quick bracha from Reb Chaim. Who did you enjoy Sichas Chulin with? Rebetzin Kanievsky in the kitchen. Not only the young seminary girls, I was a young yeshiva bacher. You go get a bracha from her, and she would schmooze. Righteous men and women. That's the, to be medavik b'shechina. But one of the examples the Gemara gives is, Ose prakmatia letamide chachamim. Favor, doing business, commerce, with tamide chachamim. With tamide chachamim. V'hinei le'efron haya efsharos lehidavik b'shechina. Ephron had a perfect prime opportunity to fulfill this, full, this doctrine of Avram Avinu, the spokesman of ethical monotheism. Avram Avinu, who's radically transforming the world, introducing the belief in the one and only Hashem, and he comes to you to buy your real estate? Give him a discount. Give him off. Certainly give him a fair deal. Run to take care of him. Avram, don't come to me. I'll come to you. I know you're just getting up from Shiva. I'll take care of all the paperwork. I'll take care of the realtor fee. I'll take care of the... And I'm giving you not only the market value, I'm getting you even a better deal because I have the chance for an Avram Avinu for who you are and the difference that you're making. But instead of doing that, what does he do? He extorts Avram. He makes him overpay. And because of that... He loses the letter Vav. Why the letter Vav? Vav The letter Vav, more than any letter in the alphabet, the letter Vav, Vav is the Vav Hachibur. The Vav is what creates attachment. The Vav links this and that. The Vav means and. The Vav creates connection. Ephron had the chance to connect to cling, to cleave, to fulfill dveikus if he would have done the proper business deal with Avram. He didn't. Because he didn't, he didn't do prakmatya with the Talmachacham, he lost the letter Vav, he lost the Vav HaChibur, a beautiful insight of Rav Yisrael Meir Druk and his new Sefer, Lahavos Eish. Ephraim forfeited the letter Vav because he forfeited the opportunity to do prakmatya with the Talmachacham. We all want Hashem, we want a connection with Hashem. And we can, but we could also connect with the closest we can get to Hashem. I say in the Amunashir all the time, and it's not my own thought. I forgot where I first read it or heard it. You know, in the example, sometimes you lose a connection on your phone. People panic. No Wi-Fi, no connection. They panic. I have to be connected. I have to be connected. And you're in a place that you have no connection. And then you find somebody that you're with, they're on a different service, and they're connected. What do you say to them? Please, could you turn your phone into a... Hotspot. Turn your phone into a hotspot so I can connect through you. Sometimes when it comes to connecting to Hashem, we have no service. We have no connection. We have no bars or we have one bar and we're struggling to connect. When you come to a Tamachacham, when you host a Tamachacham, when you sit and drink at the feet of a Tamachacham, when you enjoy even Sichas Chulin of a Tamachacham, they become our hotspot. We can connect by attaching to them. That takes the letter Vav, takes a Chibur, takes a connection, it takes a Dveikas. This continues Rav Druk. The letter Vav also can be understood. Because he didn't take care of Uvo, the Vav, Uvo, Tidbak, he lost the letter Vav. Okay, Torah continues. Now, as I mentioned earlier, how does Avram react? He loses his loved one, Sarah. He spends time negotiating with this low life. He buries her and turns her properly. What comes next? Perach of Dalad, Pasuk Aleph. V'yavram zakin baba yamim v'ashem b'erechaz Avram bakol. And Avram was old, well on in years. That's how the art scroll translates. Avram zakin, zakin you understand, zakin ha he's older. He started to collect social security. Avram, he got a discount 
at the movie. Zak zakein babayamim. And what is babayamim though? That's a funny expression. Babayamim. So we already said the Zohar. Babayamim means our days come and testify how we filled them, what we did in them. And Avram's days testified well. Vashem beirachas Avram bakol. Hashem blessed Avram bakol. What does it mean? He gave him everything. What's the bakol that he gave Avram? So Chazal say doesn't mean a son. We already know he had a son. He already had Yitzchak. Doesn't mean a daughter. Bas bakol gematri had a bas. He had a daughter. Does it mean? What does it mean bakol? We know that this bakol is something special that Avram has. Avram takes the coal that he has. Whom does he give it to? Yitzchak. Who does Yitzchak give the bracha of coal to? Yaakov. We say this every time you bench. Bakol, mikol, kol. Bakol is this pasuk. Hashem birachas Avram bakol. And with Yitzchak it says he gave him mikol. And with Yaakov it says, bakol, mikol, kol. Kol. So what is this coal? What is this treasure? What is this bracha? What is this gift that Avram had? He gave it to Yitzchak and he gave it to Yaakov. This is the advertisement for that expensive watch. Patek Philippe, I don't know how to pronounce it even. I don't know how to pronounce it. I have no taiva for it and I can't afford it. But there's a great ad. It says, you never own one, you just hold it for the next generation. I don't know why that's a great ad because every family only ever needs to buy one. I would think it would say, you love yours, buy one for every member of your family. But they don't need my opinion, they didn't ask my opinion. It's a great head. You, don't own it, you never own it, you just hold on to it for the next generation. So this coal is a bracha that Avram has, and he just watches it and protects it to give to Yitzchak, to give to Yaakov. What is it and why do we want it? We ask Hashem, we say in the end of benching, Hashem, give us a piece of the coal. Give us some of this coal. What is this coal? What is it that we want? What is it that they had? We spoke about it in the past. You can listen online. But this year, the Gemara Bab Metziah Daf Pezayin says, Why is the Torah here testifying? Avram Zakein Babayamim. Is it good or bad being a Zakein? Both. The answer is yes. It's good and bad. On the one hand, we daven. On the one hand, we daven. We say in Slichos. We say on Yom Kippur. Never consider me a zakin. Don't dismiss me. Don't give up on me. Don't fail believing in me. Don't let me ever see myself as a zakin who's done, who's finished, who's complete. Got to always be hungry. Always moving, always growing. Best is always yet to come. On the one hand. On the other hand, Torah here seems to observe fondly. Avram pleasantly reached the age of Ziknas. So the Gemara Bab-Matziah says, you know, that until Avram, there was no such thing as a Zakein. You know what happened? Your hair never turned gray. It never fell out. Your muscles didn't atrophy. Your joints didn't give up on you. Your organs didn't begin to fail. Your you know what? Your eyesight didn't start to go. You can keep going over here. This is so uplifting, no? So uplifting. You never got wrinkles. Any, anyone else here? Anyone else? Uh, your hearing didn't start to go. Okay, that's enough. That's enough for today. Until Avram, all of your faculties, all of your youthfulness, all of your complexion, all of your hairline, all of your hair color, it all remained. It all remained. So why did it change with Avram? Says the Gemara, because Avram and Yitzchak looked identical. Sometimes someone thought they were talking to Avram, they were talking to Yitzchak. And sometimes someone needed to talk to Yitzchak and they were talking to Avram. Avram came and said to Hashem, Hashem, could, could you help out a little bit over here? I look like a teenager. I'm 100 years old and I look like a teenager. I look the same as my son. People confuse us all the time. Can you let me age gracefully? Let me embrace aging. It's a bracha. That's why the Torah says, V'avram zakein babayamim. Hashem answered him in the affirmative. Growing old is a bracha. It's a bracha. Certainly when you consider the alternative, it's a bracha. It's a bracha. We have a member of the shul who in a couple of weeks is going to turn 95. 
Baruch Hashem, Bliyayinari, is healthy and spry and amazing and as involved in the leadership of the shul as he's ever been. As he's ever been. He talked about, maybe he should be president again. I said, what are you trying to make Joe Biden look young? <laughs> what, what are you? He's young. So you ask him how he's doing. He says, I'm not going to die young. He's turning 95. Somebody said, he told me, somebody recently wished, wished him, Shavarichas Yama, you should have a long life. He said, done. <laughs> bracha's already been fulfilled. What a bracha. So, Avram Zakein Baba Yamim. Lean in, lean into it. Don't try, you're not fooling anyone. The Botox and coloring your hair, and the, I'm talking to the men. You're not fooling it. The women, I'm not going near with that. You do whatever you want, whatever makes you feel good, whatever makes you feel young. But you're not fooling anyone. Lean into it. Avram Avinu davened for it. He davened for it. So embrace it. I'm, I'm, I'm not only a member of, the, I'm like the spokesman of the club. I'm the poster child of the club. So I could say this. You could be 125 and you had the same vigor and the same energy and the same passion and the same drive as when you were 25 years old, 32 years old. And what happened? You were young. You, you weren't young. In age, you were older. But in vigor, in health, in appearance, you looked young. Pumped, abruptly, a person would drop dead. There was no illness. There was no aging. They just disappeared. There was no chance to say goodbye. There was no preparation. There was no utilizing those older years to be able to transfer, transform values. You know what happens? You know what the benefit of age is? When you're young, you think you're immortal. You think you'll live forever and you live that way. And when you get a little bit older, you start to reevaluate your priorities, revalue your time, the difference you want to make, the message you want to leave, the impact that you want to have, the legacy that you want to create. Zikna is a beautiful thing. Aging is a bracha. It's a bracha. And he adds Rav Druk, that with aging, you have less of that drive and that passion and the energy and the Yetzirah. You're able to live a little bit more with serenity and with peace. The things that made you lose your cool when you were young, now you realize they're not so important. They're not worth losing your cool over. They're not worth forfeiting your happiness about. Zikna can be a bracha. If a person leans into it and embraces it, like Avram Avinu Davin for it, but Avram Zakein Baba Yamim, it can be a it can be a bracha. And here, finally, we move over to some other ideas. Ay, ay, ay. The Rach Meshivka, the Amaros Tahoros, says the following idea. Avram Zakein Baba Yamim quotes the Zer Kodesh, the Rapshitzer. Afa Pishikvar Haya Avram Zakein Vesavea Yamim Im Koza Haya Nidmelo Kilo Rak Achshav Hechel Avaros Hashem is Baruch. He has a little bit of a different idea, a different perspective. He says, Avram Zakein, even though Avram is a Zakein, even though according to the calendar he's an old man, Ba Biyamim, Biyamim Mu'atim, Dirak Mikar Vechel Avaros Hashem Isbarach. He came Miyamim like every day was the first day. He put on his tefillin like he was a bar mitzvah boy. Avram Zakein, he might have been old in years, but he was Ba Biyamim. He brought the enthusiasm that every day was like a new day, the first day. Put on his tefillin like a bar mitzvah boy the very first time he was putting on tefillin. He talked his attitude to Sarah before she died. They were married. They celebrated the 70th, 80th anniversary. And he celebrated his 80th anniversary. He acted like a newlywed in Shana Rishona. He was a zakein, but Baba Yamim, like every day was new. Every day was the first. He quotes by, he continues the Amara Staros by quoting the Ava Shalom. Avram zakein Baba Yamim, Hashem Berech is Avim Bakol. It says, Baruch Atah Baruch atah b'tzeisecha. Chazal learn, Gemara Bab Metziah, Halavai sh'tiyah yitziyascha me'olam b'lochet k'biyascha l'olam. Halavai, a person would leave this world as pure and innocent and sin-free as when we enter it. And that's the pshat. Avraham zakein, even when he was a zakein, he was ba bayamim. Yitziyascha k'biyascha. He was ba nishr b'taraso. Even though he was a zakein, he still was innocent and pure and sin-free. That was Avram Avinu's greatness. Avram Avinu's greatness. Perach of Dalad, Pasig Yud Dalad. Chav Dalad, Yud Dalad. 
So now he realizes, I'm an old man. If Sarah died, who's next? It's time to make preparations. The preparations are not just meeting with the estate attorney. Preparations are not just figuring out your estate and your assets. Preparations are not about setting up your trusts, revocable and irrevocable. You're, you're not just about calculating how much money you're leaving to Bokerton Synagogue, generously, a lot, to Eretz Yisrael, of course. But it's about realizing the future. A shidduch. The Gedolei Yisrael left at Tzavah an ethical will. How could I leave this world, Avram Avinu says, without seeing who Yitzchak is going to marry? Who Yitzchak is going to choose? What kind of Shabbos table they're going to have? What kind of Eneklach they're going to give me? How could I leave this world without going to a Chumash party? So what does he do next? He goes to set up Yitzchak. Says the Pasuk, Perach of Dalad, Pasuk Yudalad. He sends Eliezer, who's in charge of his household. He makes him swear. He makes him swear. This I said, I think, last year or two years ago. He's Moshe by Eliezer's trusted with his whole estate. And we know that Hashem made him very, very, very wealthy. He's on the Forbes 400, Avram Avinu. And who was the CFO of his whole world? Eliezer. And when it came to Eliezer, when it comes to go finding a shidduch for Yitzchak, he makes Eliezer swear. When it came to managing his fortune, he said, here are the passwords. Here are the passwords. Here are the codes. Here's everything you need. Here's everything. Here's everything. I forgot which Godel once observed about too many from Jews in America. Say, so, you know, when it comes to their housekeeper, they lock their jewelry in the safe. They don't trust them. But they give the children and say, you raise the children while I'll be out and away. When it should be the opposite. The safe I'll leave unlocked. But my children? Here are the passwords. Swear on a safe at Torah that you're going to take good care of them. We get it backwards. Avram Avinu said, when it came to my whole, my assets, my things, ah, here are the passwords, I trust you. But my son, when it comes to my son, you need to swear on a safe at Torah. And we have it backwards. We lock the jewelry in the safe. We hide the cash in the svarim under the mattress. But the kids, we say, yeah, you raise them. You, you got it. You, you, you take it. You take it. We have it backwards. So Eliezer goes on this mission and he makes a deal. The woman will say, lower your jar, your jug, and I'll drink. And she'll give me to drink and give to the camels. So that'll be the one. I'll know she's the one. She's the right one. Eliezer reaches out to Hashem. He makes this deal with Hashem. He doesn't say to Hashem, he doesn't say to Hashem, I need to see a picture on the resume. Is she a size two? Three, four, max. He doesn't say, he doesn't say what's the yichus? What's the yichus? Who is she? Who, who is her zayda? Who's her babi? He doesn't ask for the yichus. He doesn't ask for the dress size. He doesn't say, are the parents going to support? He's saying, my client, my Yitzchak's one of the mitzuyanim. They're not going 50-50. She's going to have to pay everything. All in. Plus the apartment. Eliezer doesn't say any of that. What does he ask for? She's got to be kind, compassionate, giving, good, generous. She'll give me to drink and give my camels to drink and the rest will fall into place. The money, the yichas, the dress size. And yet two psukim later, Eliezer now meets the one and what does he observe about Rivka? He says, ooh, ah, tovas marem ma'od. She's a looker. She's beautiful. She's a beautiful woman. The same who a moment ago said, Looks don't matter. Money doesn't matter. Yichus doesn't matter. Hashem, just make her generous with me and with the camels. And now fast forward. And what does the Eliezer observe? Tovas mareh ma'od. She's not just tovas mareh. Tovas mareh ma'od. Magnificently beautiful. I thought he just said it's the inside that matters. So listen to the Kliyakar. Eliezer tested Rivka's quality of generosity and kindness. Chazal say, Zok the Kliyakar, if the bride has beautiful eyes, you don't have to look any further. The bride has beautiful eyes. You look into her eyes, they're beautiful, they're hazel, they're green. She has beautiful, sparkly eyes. You don't have to look any further? Is that going to be the new thing in Shaduchim? Don't include a picture on the resume, just her eyes. Just the eyes. 
her in a burqa. <laughs> Just put a picture of her in a burqa. Ko kala she'nei yafas, ain't la ko gufa tzarech bedika. Says the Kliyakar, that can't be what it means. Because there are plenty of less attractive brides. I'm reading to you from the Kliyakar. There are plenty, I read it in English, we're out of time. There are plenty of less attractive brides with beautiful eyes. And how could Chazal call for the examination of external beauty? I thought we say, Sheker Achein, Behavulayofi. Who was that written about, by the way? The Medrash tells us, Eshes Chayel is Avram's Hespid for Sarah. You go Pasuk by Pasuk, each one is Avram talking about his Sarah. The Medrash on Mishle says this was Avram's Hespid for Sarah. So here, when it comes to this Yitzchak's mother, Sheker Achein Behavulayofi, false is charm, vain is beauty. Isha Yiras Hashem that's all that matters. And now Eliezer says, true, but she's Tobas Marem Ma'od. She's really beautiful. True, but she has beautiful eyes. I don't have to look any further. What's meant? Listen to what the Kliyakar says. He said, you know what it means? Kol Kala Yafos doesn't mean she has beautiful, sparkly eyes. It means, does she see the world generously? To have beautiful eyes means does she have a beautiful outlook on the world? Does she see chesed opportunities? Does she see a chance to make a difference? Does she see the world as inviting her to influence it? What it means to have beautiful eyes is to have a beautiful outlook, a beautiful perspective. And that's what Eliezer is commenting. Tovas mar'em She has a beautiful outlook on the world. Not she's a beautiful girl, a beautiful woman, he thought that too. That's why he tried to steal her for his own son. But he means, Tovas Marem Ma'od, she has a geschmack outlook on the world. She has an incredible view. She's generous. She gives the benefit of the doubt. She sees people favorably. She loves to run to do chesed. She intuits doing kindness. She's a giver. She cares. She wants to do good. She wants to do good. And that's why the Gemara Beitza says, Kol this Mida, this character trait we inherit from Rivka Imenu, kindness and generous generosity. That's what it means to be a Yid, to be a Jew. Yechezkel of Kuzmir, why did Eliezer still need to see Rivka pass the test about giving the camels the drink? A miracle happened. What did he observe? What happened? She bent down and what happened? Instead of having to drop the bucket and make it to the bottom of the well and use all that energy to lift it, she saw the water rose miraculously. Eliezer should have said, Gunuk, enough. Seal the deal. Shadchan, we're in. We're in. But he still had to wait for her to see. You drink and your camels drink. Why? If you see Hashem himself do a miracle, you still need to see. So he answers, miracles can happen for someone. They can have tremendous emunah, but they have to do chesed. They have to do chesed. Chesed. They have to show that generosity. They have to show that kindness. They have to have that, that quality. They have to be willing to make a difference. Hanara tovas mar'e ma'od. The Otsar Plos HaTorah, our good friend, our old friend coming back, the Otsar Plos HaTorah says about this. How old is Rivka when this happened? Beseder olam tanya, shaya Rivka bas, shalom shalom kishanasa yitzchak. V'chein kasav rashi. She was three years old. Because when Yitzchak was being offered on the altar is the year that Rivka was born. Yitzchak was how old? Akedah's Yitzchak? 37. He waited three years after the Akedah to find his wife. So how old was she? Three. How can a three-year-old go to the well? They can't even see over the wall of the well. Because the three-year-old then was the equivalent of the ten-year-old today. That is the opinion of the Medrash. I'll tell you a story. When my, one of my daughters was a little girl, seven, eight years old. We got a call from school that she was doodling that day, not paying attention. She got in trouble. So she came home from school. I still vividly remember, Yechavid and I sat with her in the backyard and we said, what happened in school today? We got a call. So she started crying. She started crying. And she said, uh, you know, I got in trouble. I was doodling. I wasn't paying attention. We said, how could you doodle? How could you not pay attention? You're learning Torah. 
So she looked up and she said, she said, Abba, when my teacher says things that don't make sense, I stop listening. I said, what did your teacher said that didn't make any sense? She said, my teacher told me that Rivka was three years old when she got married. And it doesn't make sense. Three-year-olds don't get married. So my teacher is going to say silly things. I stop listening. You ever worry about your child but have nachas from them in the same moment? <laughs> the truth is the burden wasn't on my daughter. Because there's a medrash that says it doesn't mean that's the medrash that we have to teach to little children. Who says that's the medrash you have to teach? In the information age where children have access and are told to use their logic and rational thinking, and then you're going to deposit a medrash that even adults have to figure out what does it mean exactly? She was three. Was she really three? Was the three the same then as it is now? Taisvis Yevamos, in the name of Rabbeinu Shmuel, Bas Arba Taisvis has a tradition. She was 14 years old and he proves it from a different cheshben, Shmuel Achasid. And he quotes here from the Sefer Kanfei Yonah on the Yerushalmi that quotes from, he has all these different opinions. How old was she exactly? Why am I telling you that? Because there's a lot of opinions. Where does it say that the teacher has to say she was three? When you're 30 years old, you could learn that medrash and try to figure it out. But we have to use our seichel, what we teach our children also. Not every medrash that's going to complicate. It's also hard to picture the sea split. But those are ikari emunah. That's a pasuk in the Torah. And now we believe Hashem did a miracle, the sea split. It's a medrash she was three. There's another medrash she was 14. There's another medrash she was a different age. Teach the medrash that will make children say, this makes sense to me. This is beautiful. And when they get a little bit older, you could teach the other medrashim as well. He introduced the Tfilas Mincha. There's so much. I don't think I got through 50%. Barely scratched the surface of the parsha. It's an amazing parsha. There's a lot more to say about it. Please stay for a few more minutes. Gordon's going to hand out the Tehillim. We're going to finish Tehillim together. Mirza Shemashir Besoros Tovos.